things with roots grow. To be planted means that we were planted, and it is by our nature to be planted. Paul's prayer is that you grow in your understanding and you're filled with the fullness of God. And what is the mechanism for us of being rooted as Christians? Jesus's righteousness is given to us, and our sin is laid to his account. You have to take it in. Just like the, the night receives the light of the stars above. Welcome to the Trinity Presbyterian Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Trinity is a member congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America and the Acts 29 Network. We are located in Owasso, Oklahoma. Follow us at trinityowasso.com. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trinity Owasso. Acts chapter 22 through 28 tell us this story, but while Paul was in prison the first time, he, he wrote his prison epistles. And in his, um, in his prison epistles, he wrote Ephesians, he wrote Colossians, he wrote Philemon, and he wrote Philippians. And, and there was a man who visited him. His name was Epaphras, Epaphroditus probably is, was his full name, but they call him Epaphras for short. Epaphras visited him and said, hey, back in Colossae, in this country town, my hometown, Epaphras said, where I went to plant a church, there are people who are beginning to add to the gospel. They are saying, yes, you're in Jesus, but you need additional stuff. I know you say you believe by faith, that's great, but it's also Jesus and all these other traditions, angel worship, kind of asceticism, what you wear, the culture, and all that began to interfere with the Colossians, these country folks in this country, small country town in Colossae, being duped into believing a false version of the gospel. And so we have emphasized in our passage in, in Colossians that Paul's focus is on the person and work of Christ and that his finished work for us and nothing else is what you need not only to begin a relationship but also to grow in your relationship with Jesus. If Christ is who he says he is, and if he's done what he has said he has done, and he is and he has, why would you possibly look anywhere else but in him if you truly want to grow in the Christian life? And so Paul gives this summary statement in Colossians chapter 2. If you're willing and able, let's stand together. Colossians 2, I'll read verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Things with roots grow. Verses 6 and 7 of Colossians chapter 2 summarize the whole book of Colossians. And the argument here is that Paul has exhorted the Colossians concerning the Christian life in verse 6. Just as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk 
in him. The Apostle Paul does, does not respond to these people who have said it's Jesus plus other stuff by saying that it's an illegitimate concern to want to grow. Paul does not respond by saying it's illegitimate to want to have a deeper experience of God. Paul doesn't respond by saying that the problem is that your desire to know God more is preventing you from knowing God more. He doesn't say that. He says that the problem is deeper still. The problem is you have taken what I taught to you and you have added to it things that have diminished the finished work of Christ. It's not that your desire to grow deeper is wrong. It's that your method for trying to grow deeper has become wrong. And in so doing, you've blown up the first principle of Christian spirituality, which is, as we start with Christ, we live with Christ. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Amen? There are more Baptists in here, I know. Amen? Yeah, thank you. So the apostle says, I want you to grow too. In fact, I want you to grow all the more than these new teachers in Colossae want you to grow because I want you to know that the way that you grow is in him. And so we might rightly ask, just as we receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Okay, so Paul fleshed this out. <laughs> Help us understand what this means and looks like. And so Paul, Paul gives us four participles in Greek. He gives us four words to describe, not command, to describe what it looks like if we are walking in him. These aren't commands. These are descriptions. They are participles, not imperatives. Imperatives are commands. Walk in him. These are participles describing what that command looks like. Rooted, built up, established, overflowing. Those are the images he gives us. Just cascading images. One commentator Riley writes, he had to have had a smile on his face. He says, even Paul must have had difficulty imagining the Christian walking in Christ by biting a, being well-rooted like a tree, being solidly built like a house, confirmed and settled like a legal document, and overflowing like a jug of wine. I mean, he's just trying to just heap as many metaphors as he possibly can to describe what it means to walk. And today, we're going to look at the first of these descriptions rooted. Things with roots grow. What has roots? Call it out. What has roots? Tree. What else? Hair. Yep. What else? Flowers. Yep, that's right. I hear it. Yeah, I, that's right. The dentist's thinking about the teeth. Yeah, teeth. Teeth have roots. Yeah, things have roots. Things that have roots, they grow, right? So kiddos, this afternoon, you want to ask your parents what the sermon is about, and your parents should say, hold them to it, things with roots grow. And the question is, are you? The Christian life entails growing individually. In verse 7, rooted might be interpreted, it is, a, um, it is a present passive participle, which means having been rooted, right? When you preach, you can say present passive participle from the front and see how well you do. Having been rooted, you have the call of Christ 
upon your life and you've been rooted. And if you're rooted, Paul expects you to grow. The Greek word is erizomenoi. It's a perfect passive participle, nominative masculine plural. It comes from rhizo, which means to cause to be rooted or cause to sink. It's the word that you get rhizome in English. Anybody's Bermuda grass starting to turn green like mine. And as the Bermuda grass starts to turn green, it, it sends out these rhizomes that, that both extend the roots and deepen them. So your Bermuda grass will spread as you water your yard. It has rhizomes that spread across the face of your yard. That's where you get the English word. It's only used two times in the New Testament, this word, um, erizomenoi. It's used also in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, where Paul prays, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through your spirit in your inner being. Hear Paul's words. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you. Now, what is, it, what is true about you? That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, Paul is just like saying, yes, go for it. Grow. And only twice does he use in Ephesians, which is the book he wrote just before Colossians in AD 60. He wrote this one probably in AD 61. He uses this term again. He pulls it back into Colossians and says, that's a good metaphor. I like that. I'm going to use it again. And he says, you're, being, you're rooted. Paul's prayer is that you grow in your understanding and you're filled with the fullness of God. And what is the mechanism for us of being rooted as Christians? To be planted means that we were planted. And it is by our nature to be planted. You know, you may be, um, you may be an ambassador from England or France. You may like to gamble. You may like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls. But what did Bob Dylan sing? You're going to have to serve somebody. Yeah. You're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody, Dylan says. And that's our nature. You're either rooted in sin or you're rooted in righteousness. And the mechanism by which you are transferred from the realm of sin into the realm of righteousness is a mechanism called justification by faith alone, to be planted by the Lord. Justification is a one-time act of God toward his people. The Westminster Shorter Catechism says it like this. Justification is an act of God's free grace where he pardons our sin and accepts us as righteous, not because of any merit of our own, but, because, but only by the virtue of Christ's righteousness imputed to us and received. There's that same word in Colossians chapter 2. And received by faith alone. So justification is the removal of our sin and we are credited, legizomai, we are credited our righteousness, diakosune, that is not our own. So you have your sins removed and you now are given a positive credit. It's not that you have your debts removed, it's that you have your debts removed and you've been given a blank check of infinite worth and value. That is your identity in Jesus Christ now. 
He's changed your nature so that when the Father looks at you, he doesn't see, you know, sinner Blaine or Chris or Blake or David. He sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus, which allows us to come to him with confidence in prayer because Jesus, his blood covers us to come before him. And if you're here and you have not yet believed the gospel, brother, we want you, sister, we want you to be able to cross over from death to life, and you can do that right now. The mechanism by which he does that is a doctrine called justification by faith, and it is received by faith. To receive something by faith means that you have to grab it. You have to hold on to it. You have to take it in. Just like the, the night receives the light of the stars above. Jesus' righteousness is given to us. And our sin is laid to his, to his account. Justification is an instantaneous moment. It is not a process. You're not justified as you obey. You are justified because of Christ's obedience for you once and for all. And that's what he means by rooted. You are rooted. You are planted. It is an act that has happened to you. You are planted. When you planted your garden, you knew exactly where those th seeds were going. Just like the Lord before the dawn of time, Ephesians 1, he knew you and he said, I'm going to plant you. I'm going to plant Kendall. I'm going to plant Dina. I'm going to plant John. I'm going to plant Sally. Here it is. He loves you. And long before you ever knew it, he was after you. And you only can look back at your life and realize that, oh my gosh, he's been after me for so long. And if you're here and you don't yet believe, we hold out the gift of salvation to you. Please believe. One pastor named Rankin Wilborn says that God does not love you to the degree that you are like Jesus, that is performing like him, no, God loves you to the degree that you are in Jesus, which is 100%. In, 18, uh, in 1661, the leaders of the English church arrested one of the loudest preachers of the day. His name was John Bunyan. And they put him in prison. And they told him, you cannot go around preaching Christ's righteousness is credited to people in full. If they believe that, then they will feel like they can just do whatever they want to do. And Bunyan's reply was, if people really see Christ's righteousness credit to them entirely as a gift, then they will do whatever he wants. Because you see it. Your eyes have been made bigger, and you just are overwhelmed by the gift of being rooted in Christ, being justified in him. Things with roots grow. Now, let's internalize this just for a second. We internalize this by faith. We believe. Just as we receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so also we walk in Him. And Paul is reminding us that we don't grow deeper in our knowledge of God by supplementing Christ or augmenting Him with something else. We believed to come into the gospel, to become into the church, to understand our relationship with Christ is now reconciled. And that's also how we walk in him by faith and repentance, faith and repentance. Robert Murray McShane said a long time ago and reflected on his growth that I am persuaded that nothing is thriving in my soul unless it is growing. And the last year that we've had together, friends, has either potentially been a pesticide that has just crushed your will and your growth, or it has been kind of a fertilizer for your faith. 
And some of us, it's kind of a mix of both. And what is it for you? Has it been a pesticide? Has it been, has it been destroying? Or has it been a fertilizer to encourage you to grow? The signs of a, if it's, if it's been toxic to you, you feel you want to withdraw from people. You, you, as the New York Times said this week, you're kind of languishing. You're just, you're, you're languishing. And that's all of us, by the way. We're all kind of languishing for the days of COVID-19 to be behind us. But you're languishing. And in the languishing, it's making you more um, isolated, feeling that you're at a greater distance from other people. Your friendships are, are struggling. You, you don't really want to come back to church. It takes too much effort to come back to church. And you don't really want to engage. It's hard. You just, you feel blue all the time. And the other, the other side of us who are languishing, which is all of us as we are in this together, is that it becomes a fertilizer for us to say, yes, I want to serve in new ways. Like, I'm really ready to get at it. Let's get moving with it. And as a as leadership in the church, like we want that to be the case. And we want to use this as a fertilizer for us to begin to say like, we don't want to wait beyond June the 5th to start building a building. Like we want to keep moving as an organization, as a church, as a body. But things with roots grows. Are you growing? What is your time like in God's word? Do you pray? Husbands and wives, do you talk about kind of how you're doing spiritually, emotionally? Do y'all connect at a deeper level? Or are you constantly skimming like a rock across the latest news headlines that just leaves us disoriented? Roots that don't bring forth dynamic growth and change, that take in no new sustenance, the water that's needed for them to root, God's word. They, it will result in stultifying growth. And we all know from the freeze that we just experienced three or four weeks ago what it looks like when plants stultify in their growth. Kind of frozen in time, begin to slowly decay. Growth and change, if it's divorced from the firm foundation and the deep roots are tossed to and fro by every different kind of soil, it also will die. So if at the same time, if you are not growing by drinking in God's word, or if you're trying to constantly replant yourself in different soil beds, you both of those people are gonna dry up and die. And you've got to continue to come back to his word and come back to the community and come back to church and marinate in this all together. Why? Not because that's the mechanism by which you're saved. That's what, no, 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 no. It's the fruit that you are. It's the fruit of this is what is natural. Paul doesn't say, if you have received Christ, you will maybe walk in him. He says, no, you will grow. I don't know where this connects for you. Do you appropriate the doctrine of justification in your life? Richard Lovelace put his finger on this dynamic when, when he wrote that only a fraction of the present body of professing Christians are solidly appropriating the justifying work of Christ in their lives. Many have a theoretical commitment to the doctrine, but in their day-to-day -day existence, they rely on their sanctification for their justification. 
They draw on their assurance of acceptance with God from their sincerity, from the way they felt at worship, from their past experiences of conversion, their recent religious performance, or the relative infrequency of their conscious, willful disobedience. And Christians who are not sure of God's love for them, they will end up being radically insecure people operating the opposite of what 2 Timothy 1.9 tells us. He doesn't give us a spirit of timidity or of fear. Who's fearful if you're a Christian? No, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And with that, you walk forward by faith into the challenging circumstances with love as the lens through which you lead other people and you help shepherd and guide and care for them in your family or at your office or within your sphere of influence. Now, um, if we internalize this idea of justification by faith and it becomes a mechanism, not that we just believe because we know the Westminster Confession or we can recite John, uh, Romans chapter three, but if you really begin to, to live it out, it makes you incredibly confident to love people, even at the point of being publicly misunderstood for your love for others. Like you're willing to love people no matter what because your identity is in Christ. It's like, I, pardon me for using an illustration I've used before, but like Plato talks about your identity as a triangle and as you ascend to the top of the triangle, there's room for fewer and fewer things. Question, what is it at the apex of that triangle that you hold on to after everything else has been taken from you? That is your identity. And every person in this room can mention a different one with which we've struggled through the years. And so the Apostle Paul takes that analogy and turns it around and says, that is what plants you. That is what roots you. And it will either nourish your soul in righteousness because you've received an alien righteousness from Jesus, or it will further isolate you into self-saving strategies that will only leave you longing for the peace you cannot achieve because you have to receive it by faith. So today, let's just apply it for a minute or two and then I'm done. Jesus warned of false prophets in his day. And today, there are many voices clamoring for our attention, many cults that are gaining widespread popular support, many worldviews that are begging for your indoctrination. And some of them claim special revelation or inspiration or they, they authenticate particular doctrines. And there is a great need for Christian discernment right now, isn't there? Because we live in a minefield. And you've got to be able to navigate that minefield. And some of you are just... Like you don't want to move. You're totally overwhelmed by all the minds in the field and you just want to stay where you are. And that's okay. And you need community groups. That's why you need community groups. Because they can say, hey, this is how you get to us. Take three steps to the left. Walk this way. We promise you it's, you're going to make it. Because some of us are just, you're frozen in fear. And others of us are just like, man, damn the torpedoes. You just run across the field and you're getting legs blown off. And you're wondering why other people aren't following you. And we need each other to be able to map it out together. There are parts of the field I can't see. You can. We need, I need you. My family needs you. There are parts of the field I can see that you can't. And you need me. We need each other. That's what, that's what next week's sermon's about. You're built up in him. But if we're going to apply it in our life, we have to recognize that unbelief can be just as much a mark of our mm, 
troubles as belief. And you have to continue to reprofess what you say you believe and live in light of it, walk in it. And you can do it because you have a new motivation. You have been rooted. And ultimately, being rooted is about our identity. And we rise to our identity because we have been rooted by the justifying power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we grow individually. And so we remind our children and we show them and we lead them that we walk by faith and we demonstrate to the watching world that we as Christians, we are, we are not scared to make hard decisions that everybody won't like or maybe agree with on the basis of love and courage and faith and hope. We are protesters at heart. We're Protestants. 1529, we first protested against the Roman Catholic Church, inspired Germany. There's a fight in every single one of you if you're at this church. And yet, at the same time, you have to know the difference between when to fight and when to be faithful. Because as Wendell Berry explains to us in The Art of Commonplace, that sometimes the greatest fight is being faithful to a marriage for 50 years, day by day. Sometimes the greatest way to fight is actually being faithful to what God calls you when you're asked to be able to sacrifice in ways that just seem overwhelming to you. Sometimes the way to fight is actually by your faithfulness in the small things, not the heroic example of Samson, but the faithful example of a man who loves his wife and cares for her for 50 years, like B.B. Warfield, who had a wife who was an invalid and he walked home every day after class to care for her all the days of his life. And he told his students, that is my calling. My books and you get the leftovers. She's got my calling. Big time faithfulness. So how are you appropriating the justifying work of his power in your life? As you discuss your RISE pledge and your participation in RISE this week, do so that knowing, knowing that you are rooted. As you pray for your family, do it knowing that you are rooted. As you make a hundred different decisions, navigating through the news cycle of our week. Know it, do it, knowing that you are rooted because things with roots grow. And when they grow, they rise to be something beautiful in Him. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us just as we have received Christ Jesus the Lord Help us to walk in him, rooted. Give us confidence, courage, grace, and help us, we pray, to bear fruit for the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.